Every episode has a guest. Just like every podcast has a host. Just like Stephen Gonzo singing intro song. Jordan High 2004. Yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, what's up, Gonzo? Uh, nothing much. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's been a few weeks since we've seen each other. It's been a minute, yeah. So, just been hanging out at home with the kiddos this weekend. How have you been? I've been good. I, I love this time of year. You're looking skinny. Yeah. I think you, you're losing some weight. So, we've been talking. I All my clothes are just fitting like extra snug and nothing really looking good. And so, I just decided I was just going to do keto for a little bit and... uh Kind of works out well. Just like the season, I, I get, I love sweets. I love sweets. And in my office, we have a ton of sweets. And so I told myself, okay, I'm going to go like strict keto until Thanksgiving. And then I'll eat whatever the crap I want. And then I don't know. I, Natalie, and then for New Year's, <coughs> back on a diet. <laughs> well, Natalie, no, like Natalie it, she's not a huge fan of it. She's like, I don't like fad diets. I don't like to do, like, just eat healthy all the time. Don't like cut stuff out. She's probably right, but I'm kind of on with her, but you know, I, I've lost a, a whole boost. bunch of weight. Yeah. I, don't know, I lost a bunch of weight. And so like, I don't know, I don't have a, tar- I don't have a target weight, but I have like this shirt that I want to fit real good. Yeah. And I told myself once that shirt fits slightly loose, cause I know as soon as I eat carbs, it's going to like jump back. But that's what I, yeah, that's my fear. It's like you, you're like doing keto, but you know, it's like once you're done and you have like a big bowl of pasta or whatever, it's like, do you just gain it all like super back? Like, does your body like, like suck all that back up? And it might, I don't know, but I do know like, a lot of people have asked me like at work and or do you, how do you feel? But I actually feel great. Like I haven't yeah. been, I think a lot of people go on keto to lose weight and they also like starve themselves. But like, I'm probably eating at least 3000 calories a day. Like I'm eating, I'm eating a lot. I'm just, and I'm still eating like other vegetables and other things that have some stuff in them, but I'm not eating breads and sugars and I'm not eating like, I only eat at mealtime. I think that's been really helpful. It's just when I sit down to eat, I eat a whole bunch of food right now at lunch. I eat a whole bunch of food at dinner. Like, and so I don't know, I'm feeling better about myself and you're looking good. Well, thanks. You have that sweet beard though. So (laughs) I'm probably going to shave it because like it starts bugging quick. I did want to ask you, over Halloween, were you that one dentist that gives, like, toothpaste and toothbrushes to all the kids? I gave... So, yes! I gave away a whole bunch of toothpaste. I actually had a box of, like, 72 little tubes, and I thought, ah. And I I ran out way fast. But did you at least also give candy? I gave big... I gave big size candy bars. Only to people that I wanted to. Hey, that's a sweet costume. I got something special for you, and then I give them, like, a full-size Baby Ruth or something. Oh, okay, okay. But no, I, so well, I thought for sure the kids would be like, ugh, toothpaste. But so many kids were like, wow, this is cool. I needed some. And then parents would be like, hey, thanks, you responsible neighbor. I think I, <laughs> I, I even got a shout out from Amanda Swenson. She was like, when, know, you, when your neighbor that. is a dentist. And so next year, I'm going to buy like four boxes of those. I'm going to give boys so much toothpaste. Uh, Amanda, was that genuine or were you like... Yeah, look at this guy. Look at this jerk giving out toothpaste. Just <laughs> stereotype. But it was fun. Natalie, I went out with the kids, but then Natalie mostly, they kind of didn't care about me, which was fine. So I just dressed in a big gorilla costume and I sat on my front porch in a rocking chair just like handing out toothpaste. I, 
I can't wait till like the kids are old enough to start trick or treating by themselves because I want to do. I see those houses where they like either parents or they have some friends over and they have like a little fire pit in the driveway mm-hmm. and like giving out candy. I'm like, man, I want that so bad. Instead of just like, you know, I was like holding all these hand the whole time and we're like walking up every step with him and like walking back down and be like trick or treat thank you mm. which was actually really cool because like ollie was saying like probably 25 percent of the time he was saying trick or treat and thank you that's it's awesome. like he started to say he's starting to say some words it's like so exciting it's mm. like compared to like a year ago like that never would have even happened oh yeah yeah it's like it's super fun next but, year you can hang out with me we'll I want to get like a popcorn machine and give people like bags of popcorn. Yeah, and hot I, and I think I, that would be sweet. I love the houses that do like something extra. So there was there's a house in this neighbor in our neighborhood that does like churros. They're like have like a fryer and they're like making churros for people and everybody loves that house. And then there was like a, another house in the neighborhood that like they were out there and the dad just like grilled like 20 pounds of bacon and he was just giving out bacon <laughs> to people and everybody like, Halloween here's some bacon yeah he just like a strip of like crispy bacon and a paper towel and everyone's like we love this house <laughs> <laughs> and he was just out in his yard so just funny. like cooking bacon uh, uh, that one of our neighbors was for real like smoked a whole bunch of meat and was doing these awesome tacos and margaritas and I was like dang I know I'm when a, I heard that I, I was know. like I want to, <laughs> I want to go to that house. I, to, I made my way over there. Um, I don't know. It made me want to do something different next year, but for sure, I'm going to give away a ton of toothpaste. Popcorn is a good idea. Like popcorn like is next more popcorn and hot chocolate. I think is what I'll do. And hopefully next year. It'll yeah. Be Cause freeze. like, you'd be like, here you go. Parent, uh, a hot a cup of hot cocoa and like, like lifesaver. Cause no, it's all thanks. cold out there. Thanks guy. <laughs> uh, so who do we have on tonight? Tonight. Josh Sorensen, which is awesome. So the Drew Drew Miller called them out. So. Drew called them out, and he he reached out right. I don't know. I don't. He hadn't heard about it till Drew told him about the podcast, and so he's been listening over the last few weeks. He reached out and said, "Hey guys, call me. Here's my number. I want to be on." And so we did. Yeah, and we were like good friends with him in high school. I'm excited. I hadn't seen him in a long time. I'm excited. To see him. I haven't seen him. I I think. I saw him for sure at the gym. You met you mentioned it a few times. He's like, I saw him squatting like like three plates or whatever. Yeah, three hundred fifteen pounds. Three hundred fifteen pounds is not like just easy. But he just had it on his shoulders, just going down, but all the way down, standing back up like it was nothing. Last time I like hung out with him or whatever, we did like a triathlon. I think in like two thousand nine. Something like that. We went down to St. George. I remember you sent me pictures of that, yeah. Yeah, it's like Drew and Christina. Josh, Crystal, me, I think one other person probably, but yeah, so I, I haven't seen him since, talked to him at all, so I'm really looking forward to this one. All right, so here's our conversation with Josh Sorensen. Josh Sorensen, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I haven't seen you in like 20 years. I was thinking about that. Steve's right that I've seen, I saw you at the gym. I think you were on your way somewhere. Like you were living here, but you were about to move. I think that was like right before we moved to Washington. Which was when? 2018. Yeah, that'd be about the right time. And I was like one morning. And other than that, I don't think I've seen either of you. Well, it's been almost 20 years. <laughs> yeah, but I was going to mention like, 
you like scared me. I'm like, open the door. I'm like, who's this big scary guy in front of my house? It's like, not the Josh I remember, like the like cuddly dude, the uh, friend. I mean, now, now as we've been talking, I'm like, oh, now like your facial expressions, but it's like, you look completely different. You look like a, a mus- super muscularly scary guy. Because I'm super handsome, I'm bald, and you guys inspired me to grow a beard. I started listening to the podcast like six weeks ago. And you were talking about some treatment you were using. Okay. And I was <laughs> yeah, like, hey, I just got released from the bishopric. I should grow a beard. And so I did. Uh, and so there's like six weeks worth or so. It looks good. But I'm about to shave it. I was going to shave it today, but I wanted it for you guys. So. Oh, no. Yeah, you're looking That's great. Stupid. Never <laughs> shave it. If I could grow a beard like that, I would always have a beard. <laughs> Damn. Well. But yeah, so someday, Steve. Let's see. No. Resurrection. <laughs> yeah. Jesus has a sweet beard. Yeah, just like yeah him. maybe everybody would. <laughs> yeah, it's biblical. <laughs> but I don't know how I made the connection too, Gonzo. I was um, that you worked where you work because I was telling you before we did some work for you a little bit ago, and somebody copied me on an email that said, "Make sure you send the invoice to Gonzo." And I was like, how many gonzos yeah, could there be? Just be the one. And then I think I looked it up on LinkedIn or something, maybe, or Gus maybe told me, or Drew, uh, Drew I don't remember. But so we kind of saw each other because we were copied on the same email. <laughs> yeah, nice. Like I'll, eight, I'm six gonna, years ago. I'm going to look through that. <laughs> look through my archives. <laughs> yeah. But catch us up a little bit. I mean, before we've been talking about like your business, like it seems like a really cool and exciting thing, but catch yeah. us up what. What has been going on the last 20 years? So, from high school, I went straight to college for a year, and uh, it was kind of a waste. I didn't realize that college grades actually mattered. Like, once you're... I thought you just had to get to college, and then get passing grades, then you graduate. But even with just undergrad, which that's all I did, I just did a finance degree, you still have to get into the business school partway through. And so I took a ceramics class with Drew, I got a, I think I got a C minus and that was really hard, not very artistic that way. And I took a history of jazz, ended up having to retake that class because it was super hard. But anyway, so I just went, I went to school for one year, worked as much as I could. And then uh, 2005, summer of 05, right after we graduated, I went on a mission to Iowa, Iowa Des Moines mission. And while I was gone, my family moved from Sandy to Pleasant Grove. My sister, my younger sister, had gone to EFY and fell in love with like these this group of kids from Pleasant Grove and then convinced my family to move to Pleasant Grove. Oh, wow. <laughs> my parents were all, yeah, I think it's important for you to go to PG and with these kids. And she ended up doing that. I went to PG for a little bit and then went back to Jordan. Lived in Pleasant Grove, but went to Jordan for a little That's bit. That's quite the commute. Yeah. But my dad worked at City Hall right by the wow. high school, so it worked out good. But she ended up graduating from PG. So anyway, that's partly, I mean, it's a good excuse of, I came home from a mission and I, like, I wasn't in touch with a lot of people because I just lived somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, it's completely everyone's different. a phone call away. I right. Know. But uh, just trying to make new friends and things. So I went to Pleasant Grove, didn't know anybody, and I went to Singles Ward. I tried out and saw one person I knew, Elder Lloyd, from my mission, and I was just, like, stoked to know anybody. And he introduced me to his sister, Morgan, who was dating Elder Smewin in our mission. And long story short, I married Morgan. <laughs> Your face, Elder Smewin. <laughs> That's what you get. He had a long time left. 
That's a good long story. Everyone actually. knows. It's like every time you have a companion, be like, show me pictures of your sisters. This is what I did. This is what I did. My last transfer. Just make a note in your journal. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> look up. Not gonna look her up. Yeah. <laughs> I went. I went around and would tease all the missionaries that I was gonna steal their girlfriends when they went home. When I went home, because I was going home soon, you know. And uh, so I told that to like I don't know how many missionaries. But one of them was Elder Sneeman ended up doing it for real. And he was one, it was one where he had like photo collage, like the whole wall, multiple photo albums. Like they were, they were a unit, you know, but I dated her for about a year and, uh, she went to BYU and I went to University of Utah. So we lived in Sandy right by the Real Stadium when we first got married. She played volleyball at BYU. So then I was the nice BYU women's volleyball ball boy it's like an official actual thing and uh got a t-shirt and everything i know the byu fight song and i'm a byu women's volleyball fan and that's it right, and then give, everything else give me do. the <laughs> give me a little bit of the fight song all right and shout the cougars are out <laughs> all right <laughs> should have worn my shirt <laughs> yeah and they won last night so that's good <laughs> their team is always good i have a, a niece that loves the u and i'm always like you see how good byu did yeah Except for, like, they didn't do as good this year. Because volleyball? All the, all the racist stuff. Yeah. The fake racist fake stuff. Fake racist stuff. Those debunked. Right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Show me the tape. <laughs> you can watch it. Live. But, you know, whatever. Uh, I'll anyway. show you the tape. Yeah, <laughs> show me the tape. <laughs> so, let's see. That's We got married. I started working at Zag, which is up in... At the time, it was in, like, a, I don't know, South Salt Lake. They're, they do, like, the screen protectors and things like that. I did sales for them for a bit and then into operations and kept getting, like, little, little promotions and things where I, like, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I got hired in sales. Then started doing training where I was, like, just traveling around a whole bunch all over the country, teaching people about the product and stuff. Like, sales training was pretty fun. And then uh, we were having, we had a kid on the way. I was just like, this just doesn't work. I only did it for maybe a year. And so then they, I just kept moving in there. And it was an awesome company. And I worked there for like eight years or something, seven, eight years. And I got into like operations where I just didn't love it. Since spreadsheets like all day, they needed software to do like forecasting, which is what I was doing. And they didn't want to buy the software, so it was just really... Anyway, they were a great company. I hated what I did. So I actually one day quit. I applied for a bunch of other jobs. Got offered a job in Provo and uh, went in and quit. And they matched the job. Plus, Zag had like a way sweet bonus structure. So it was like a 50% more to stay at Zag than to go to this place. I was like, hmm. okay, maybe I can do it for that. Yeah. Yeah. I stayed for about three months. I was just like, what am I doing? I just like, it's, it's not about the money. It's a good company. Like it's a good culture, all that. I just don't like this. And so I quit again. And I, I went in and I told my, my boss at the time, I was like, well, I have a whole bunch. They were doing every other Friday off just company wide. Like it's, you work basically nine nines. Um, so I already had every other Friday off and I told him I was going to take the other Fridays with all my paid time off and every Thursday. So I was only gonna work three days a week. This was in like October. And I was gonna do that through the end of the year so they could hire somebody, buy some software, I'll help them get set up, and then I was gonna leave. And I had no plan, I didn't have a job offer, 
tried to go back to that other place and yeah they, they, they started yeah, yeah. They, they started interviewing me again they'd restarted the process and they were considering and whatever but i just quit with no plan and then when i was driving home that day actually like i got off the freeway and uh my friend of mine who just lives two doors down from me called me and he's like so what would you think about selling pumps and i was like uh, I don't understand the question. <laughs> and so we chatted about it for a little bit. And he had a sticker on his truck that said Rhino Pumps. And he just, I didn't know what it, he'd, he'd uh, had different decal vehicles and things. And so I didn't know exactly what it was. I thought he just worked for some company called Rhino Pumps. But it was his company. It was just him. And he'd been doing it, I don't know, for about a year, maybe. And he said he just had this opportunity to sign a big contract with a big manufacturer and thought he needed to make it like more legit if he was going to sign this contract. And so he was, he, he's like, I don't know why, but your, your, your name came to mind. Like when I thought of people like, you know, like-minded, like mechanically inclined sales personality type, like people person, you know? And so I was like, well, yeah, absolutely. So are you looking for like a, an employee? Are you looking for like a partner? He said, no, I think I'm looking for like a partner. Let's like try to build something. It's like, sweet. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, well, uh, okay. So anyway, we went and, I went and chat, chatted with him and his wife that night. And they're both like super apprehensive because they're thinking, well, we can't take on a partner. We don't, we don't have an operating agreement. We don't have, like, what are we going to pay him? And I was like, I'll just use my savings. Like, let's just give it a few months. If it works, it works. We'll figure it out the rest. We'll figure out like an agreement, whatever. I was just thinking like it'll work and it'd be awesome. Or I'm out a few months, which I figured I'd be out a few months anyway. Yeah. So. We tried it. I started working with him like uh, kind of a couple days a week here and there for the rest of that year. I mean, he, it, it wasn't like a full-on business yet, right? He had some clients that he did some stuff with, Saratoga Springs. He did a few of their pumps. And then I started with him full-time um, around January that year, and I didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to do. We had like this little office in Lehigh, and we sat down. It's like probably the size of this room, and we had... His wife ran an internet marketing business out of it. We each had a desk in there. <laughs> and I had a little tiny shop. Like a forklift. The Michael Stop Paper Company. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Honestly, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And uh, we had like a forklift and a little a mill, like a machining mill. And that took up like most of our shop. And so I would just go out and I'm like, okay, so what are we doing? And we'd, we'd come up with some ideas, you know? But it's like, we weren't super busy. We didn't have all the stuff to do. I'm used to like having all day of spreadsheets to get into and I just didn't have that. So I swept the shop a lot and uh, I was like, I'll do the books. Let me just jump in. What are we using? It was QuickBooks Online. So I jumped in QuickBooks Online to try to like look at some stuff, got into all the credit cards and bank accounts and whatever. And there was like $170 in the checking account and like five or 6,000 bucks in accounts payable. And then one vendor called us to ask when we were paying a bill that wasn't recorded. <laughs> I was like, oh, dang. <laughs> but uh, worked out. So we did that for, that was in uh, early 2015, January 2015. So we're on seven or eight years now. We got 25 employees and much busier. We actually bought our building, our commercial building. We're talking about that. That's awesome when you get into your own. Yeah. But we bought it in uh, December of 19. Good time to buy a building. Yeah, and right before we, so before it was even like actually on the market, the guy that was selling it put it on KSL to just put some feelers out, and we saw it like within an hour. The timing was just crazy. So we called the commercial realtor we were going to use that we knew, and 
He said, I'll just watch for the listing and just put a full price offer right now. Don't even look at it, put a full price offer. So we're like, okay. So we did a full price offer and we were the first of like 12 full price offers the first day. Wow. <laughs> and the guy went with us cause we were first. And before we moved in, we had multiple offers for like above what we paid for it. <laughs> wow. So we're in there and it's growing and it's awesome. It's getting to where now it's not like 70 hour weeks or 60 or 50 or sometimes it's not even 40 hour weeks. So it's been awesome. We got guys that are really like good guys, you know, that do their jobs and the stuff that used to fall on us. We're able to now hire people and have them do it. And it's been sweet. It's been really cool. Now we're just looking at like strategy and growth and all that. So, um, and how many kids do you have now? That's what you had one on the way. More importantly, so Morgan and I were both going to wait. We thought we'd wait like at least a couple of years, two or three years, enjoy each other, you know, and enjoy just being like a couple. And we went on a cruise. Morgan got seasick halfway through the cruise. Then we came home and then she was still seasick for like another week. And then she's like, ah, the timing of this, hmm. And she took a pregnancy test and she was pregnant. And it was like, we've been married about a year. So we had a surprise Gabe. And then we decided to just keep going while we were at it. So we've got five kids. Gabe's 11, Hadley's 10, Presley's seven, Mia's four, Cole's two. So boys on the ends, hmm. girls in the middle. She's done, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Now the reality is, I think I'm... I don't know how that works. <laughs> we'll talk later. Yes. <laughs> I'll explain it to you. No, so... I just... Please I have speak. this thing for, like, babies. I just... Like, once our babies aren't babies, I just want a baby so bad. And so, like, we'll see one of our friends. They have seven kids, and their youngest is, like, eight or nine. And she wanted another baby forever. And so she finally convinced her husband to have one more. And so now they have like this, just this one baby. And I was oh man, it makes me want to have a baby again so bad. That's okay. Can you can just hold, hold on one baby. Babies, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hold other people's babies. So yeah, we got seven kids or five kids, seven in the family, one dog. <laughs> We're going to have seven, seven kids. Seven kids. Yeah, two more on the <laughs> Throw way. Throw it out there. Yes. <laughs> Vision board it. <laughs> yeah, she knows. She thinks I'm crazy. Last night I was saying that one on a date or two nights ago. I was like, we should have another baby. She doesn't like that idea. She's done. Well, but She's you okay. came from a big family. You guys we had six. Like- yeah, so we had four, four uh, biological siblings. And then when I was 14, we adopted my brother Jaden. And then when I was like 16, we adopted Josie. So they're like uh, Jaden's. 21 and Josie's 19. So he has six kids and my wife had six kids, but five is like the new eight, you know, like if you have five kids now, people look at you like you're a religious zealot, you know? <laughs> well, I feel We're, like three is the new five. Yeah, like. it totally is. It totally is. I feel like we have three and I'm like, oh man, I don't know how like anyone ever had more. <laughs> I feel that way with two. But. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's enough. <laughs> Once I get older, there's a hello there. <laughs> so now we go on a date night, and Hadley, our second, Gabe, Gabe's the oldest, and he's super responsible, but he's just like, he doesn't take care of kids. Right. Like, he just wants to do his thing, you know, and have fun. And he's, if, if we really needed him to, we would. But Hadley, she's good about it, so she babysits for us, so we're good at, like, we, we do date night, like, we're strict once a week date night. We've been that way pretty much forever. That we go on a date once a week, so nice. Yeah, Hadley watches them, and that's for Morgan's sanity. I don't need it. I'm fine. I, I could be home with the five kids, you know. 
<laughs> no, I like I love date night, but yeah. So, so that's I guess that's a update of where I'm now. Yeah, and where where are you at physically? Where do you guys live? Live in Lehigh, just west of the freeway, just uh, north of Pioneer Crossing. Yeah, that was another one. We just talk about lucky timing of everything. We bought our house in, we built it in May of 2010. So when we closed on it, it was 220,000 bucks. And it's a half an acre and it's a good size house. And we built it, it was brand new. And a neighbor around the corner, similar house sold for 900 a couple weeks ago. Nuts. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's just timing. It's like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not worth that. I mean, I guess technically it is, but. It's worth what someone's yeah. willing to pay. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, that's awesome. So we've been in 2010. It's like I know. right when the interest rates to were all the way down. Yeah. They weren't climbing yet. Home prices were just starting to climb. So it was like, yeah, we bought low, and I think our interest rate was two nine nine or thirty year. So awesome. So that's awesome. yeah. So tell us about high school, Josh. Who were you back then? How <laughs> how'd you see yourself? I don't know. That's so. I. I mean, obviously, I know you guys were going to ask this. I tried to write a couple of things. Let's see if I, you know, have it even. Let's see. Yeah, I think I wrote down one of the things I wrote was like I tried to be kind to people. Like I, I think I've always been pretty cognizant of like other people's feelings. So when I was a kid, we moved a lot. Like we moved. My kids were like, where did you go to elementary school the other day? I was telling them. And I was like, well, kindergarten and first grade, I went to Quell Hollow. Second grade, I went to Park Lane for part of it and then to Morningside. Third grade, I went to Park Lane. Fourth grade, I went to Crescent. Fifth and sixth grade, I went back to Park Lane. <laughs> They're like, what? <laughs> and I think that, like, it was good for me socially. It was super hard. But I think it was good. It sounds like you went back to like Park Lane. Like, like, hey, everybody, I'm back. Yeah, <laughs> Josh is back. Like Park. Funny story about Park Lane. We went there second grade for just a few weeks. So our Park Lane was kind of overcrowded, and there was a school that they would bus us to that wasn't overcrowded. If you wanted to go there, like they wanted you to go there, and uh, I'm not sure why we switched, honestly. But I went to Park Lane for like I don't know four or six weeks or something. We just moved there. I didn't know anybody. And I went, and I remember the first day of school, and this is a shout out to somebody who's been on the podcast, but first day of school, I'm out at recess, and this kid comes up to me, and he's all, hey, do you want to be our friend? <laughs> and I was all, sure. <laughs> so, okay, cool. I'm Ryan, this is Casey. And it was Ryan Borgmeyer and uh, Casey Lott, I think. I don't know if he went to high school with us. I don't remember him in high school. Hmm. But uh, he was at the elementary school. Good job, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan. What a stud, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so then we were friends for like four weeks. And then I came back a couple <laughs> years later. And we were still kind of friends. <laughs> I think fifth, fifth grade, we were still good friends, me and Ryan. But I think moving around that much, like I had to make friends a lot. And I, I think I knew how it felt to kind of be like the kid who didn't know anybody or who maybe felt left out. And I was always pretty good at like making new friends and that feeling didn't last too long. But I think that, uh, I was always pretty aware of like other people feeling out of place a little bit and tried to be kind. And I think I came across pretty confident. I think, I don't know for sure, but, uh, I also, I think there was like a little bit of like, uh, not really insecurity, but a little bit, just a little bit of self-conscious. Like if I didn't get invited to something that other people were going to, like, even though I know maybe it was an oversight, like all my friends are going to this place. And it's like, I didn't get an actual, somebody saying, Hey Josh, are you going to come with us? 
And I was like a little like, uh, I don't know if I'm invited. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so I don't know, a little bit like that. Let's see. I always, all growing up and even now, like I'm really compelled by like doing the right thing. Like what, I don't know if I always know what the right thing is, but I'm always afraid I'm going to do the wrong thing. Like maybe let somebody down, like expectations of, of whoever, like maybe my kids, maybe my parents, but like, I just always wanted to make sure that people, like I wouldn't let somebody down. Like they'd feel like I was doing the right thing. You know, I was making somebody proud. Um, what else did I write? Oh, and, and for sure, um, I was a big know-it-all. Like, I remember, I remember one time, like uh, about that age, maybe like sophomore year or so, I was hanging out with my uncle who was only like maybe 10 years older than me. And I was arguing with him about something. And then he, he called me like a little, I don't remember if he called me a know-it-all or a smart ass or something like that. But like, it super hurt my feelings. You know? <laughs> and I was like, why would you say that? And I just sit there and keep arguing with him. And then, like, in hindsight, looking back what we were arguing about, I was like, oh, my gosh, if that was my nephew, I would have punched him in the face. <laughs> like, I just really felt like I was super smart and just knew everything. And I didn't then, but I do now. Yeah. <laughs> That's what your kids think. Yeah, yeah, they know that. <laughs> That's awesome. But uh, I feel like it sounds like you had the, the desire to be, like, a good kid. To yeah. do... To be like a rule follower, right? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, to a fault sometimes. Like, I missed out on a lot of fun stuff that wouldn't... It, it's like... I don't know. Like, In retrospect, yeah. maybe wasn't that bad or sure. wasn't... Or it wasn't bad at all. Like a, but like, 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 oh, exactly. you know what? I better not. Like, you know? In yeah. that moment, though. Exactly. It was like a big yeah. deal. Yeah. Like, I remember Drew and I would do some stuff every once in a while. Like, we'd... We were little pyros. And I remember one time we were dropping, like flower bombs like we made those little firecrackers out of flowers you know and we're dropping them down in the sewer and some guy pulled over and like yelled at us and said that we could blow up the whole area and i'm like no <laughs> and now in hindsight like there's a lot of methane and they're like he really yeah, right. caused a huge explosion <laughs> but i remember like being more scared that i got caught you know like i was just right. like so mortified that i'd done the wrong thing that maybe he'd tell my parents and that they'd be disappointed you know but i was just like just a kid doing stuff. yeah <laughs> Just blowing up a party in neighborhood. Yeah. We made a pipe bomb one time. It was really dangerous. Like, people could have died. So, maybe it was okay to hold back a little. <laughs> how have you changed? What's How, how are you different today than, than you were in high school? That's a good question. I think even more so. Like, uh, so, I don't know. I, I think I may have mentioned that. I just, I, I got released from, I was in the bishopric in my ward, and I just got released recently. And I remember the first Sunday a few years ago that uh, we got called and set apart and all that. And then we had like some appointments already set up. And so people are coming in and I'm like interviewing people. And the first three interviews that came in, people came in and they're like, just my neighbors and my friends, you know, yeah. I think everything's cool. And, but like, I sincerely was just trying to talk to these people, like trying to do my very best to just like be a, like, I don't know, treat them the way they should be. And so, like, a sincere question was asked to all of them, like, how are you? Like, how's life? Like, what's going on with you guys? And then all three, like, broke down, like, that their life, like, is in shambles. Like, all this stuff's going on. that had no idea, right? One lady, her marriage is falling apart. Another lady, just her, her daughter had, had passed away um, unexpectedly a couple years before, but 
like the grief was just consuming her and and it was just like holy smokes like there's that that uh saying i don't know where it comes from honestly but like just basically if you whenever you talk to somebody assume they're going through something like really hard and like 50 percent of the time you'll be right <laughs> right and i think i've just become a little bit more aware and like maybe a little bit more compassionate towards people and try to like I don't know, just actually care about people and their feelings and not, not so much about like me looking good in front of them, but like try to actually be a good friend to people, you know? I think that's like a big part of like becoming an adult and growing older. Like I've been to a fair amount of funerals lately, <laughs> like family members, like my dad passed away 2018. My grandpa, who was like second to my dad, like my, my rock mentor, he passed away like a few months before my dad and then my grandma passed away like a couple months after that and they're all I mean my grandpa was an unexpected death like it was just kind of a surprise he was healthy swam every day and ate healthy and was just like vibrant and alive and but I just don't know what happened but uh my dad was sick for a long time and passed away um my grandma was really old and was like praying to die for years she just was like in so much pain and uncomfortable but still hard Mm -hmm. And then my other grandpa, and then just recently my grandma, and then anyway. So, I, like, all my grandparents, which I, I understand, they're all old people in death and, and all that. But, like, just, I think, recognizing, like, these people who I look up to so much, what do I like about them? Like, why do we love them so much? And they're just, like, revered. One of my one of my grandpa's funerals, the, the viewing ended up being at night, and it was, like, a blizzard outside. And so many people came to his viewing that they're standing outside in the blizzard in like a 300 yard line with umbrellas, full coats to come like pay their respects to this man. And it really made me think like, what did he do? Like, why did people care so much about that? You know? And same thing, like, why, why does it hurt so bad that we, that I lost my dad and my grandparents and these people that I really looked up to? And I think what it boils down to is like that they were super compassionate. Like they just learned to just love people, right? Like in spite of their flaws or, or not because of their successes, but just because of them, like they just love people, right? And so I think that's something I'm working on. And I just want to, I want to be that way. Like where people, people just know I love them, like unconditionally, you know? Like it just doesn't matter who they are, what they're going through, how great they are or how not great they are. <laughs> like that they're just, you know, just like compassionate. And I think that I've, I've come a long way in that. I think there's still a long way to go. I'm still confident, but I'm like more, you know, like I should be confident. <laughs> and I know everything. Um, I think I've gotten a lot more honest too. My business partner, that was one thing that he talked about. I remember his, so he's five years older than me. So his kids are all about five years older than my kids. So I've had like this mentor, you know, like I see how they raise their kids and he'll teach me, don't do this, but try this. And it's been really nice. But I remember one of the things early on, so it was just me and him and a boom truck, like a crane. And we owned this crane and we're out on this job close to here. And uh, <clears throat> he was done and I was leaving. I took the crane, he took the truck. And I, these guys parked where they're not supposed to park on this trail, on this access road. And the crane's huge. And it has yeah. a bumper that comes out like five feet out the front. And it's like a 40-ton crane. And so I'm driving it, and I'm trying to come around this corner. I'm like, I just can't make this corner. 
there's just no way. Like I'm just getting too close to this car. So then I'm backing up this long road to get out. And then like a, a little bit later, we're at that same job and policemen come and they're like, hey, you guys hit this car. They, have, they, they saw you do it and everything. And Carl's like, did you hit the car? And I was like, hit what car, you know? And I, anyway, and the cops kind of looked at it and whatever. And in my mind, I was like, I don't, I mean, that bumper comes out far, but I was a ways away. I don't think I hit that car. But I just like denied, 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 you know? Like I was, we just started working together. It's like, what, what's he going to think of me if I wreck this car? Now I have to fix it. And bottom line, I did hit the car, for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like orange paint, this orange bumper, <laughs> right at the high, ripped their bumper. like, And it wasn't bad damage. The guys were really cool about it, and we ended up just giving them a check, and they fixed it, right? It was like a headlight and whatever. The bumper came out further than I realized. But like in my mind, I thought maybe I had, but I didn't want to say it because mm. I was worried about what he would say. And it's like... I just have never been more ashamed, honestly, <laughs> like that. I just didn't say something like we have this partnership built on trust and it's like our first trial. And it's like, I just didn't even like say, ah, could have been me. We should probably go look at it. You know, like, I was just like, no, nope, no. Nope. Oh yeah. It wasn't us for sure. The cops were all cool. And they're like, oh yeah, it's definitely not you guys. I could tell it wasn't you, <laughs> but it totally was. But he, he talked about how like with his kids, they have this, their family model is, their last name's Hale, and their family model is, motto is Hales don't lie. It's like, just no matter what, just don't lie. And so we've kind of taken on that moniker, like, we just, I just would rather pay the consequences of something than lie about something, you know? So I think I'm way more honest now than I was then, and I don't think I was, like, super dishonest, mm -hmm. but I think if there were times where it would, I'd, somebody would think poorly of me, that I would maybe lie about something, for sure. Kind of like that situation. Like, I was so worried about what people... Like I said, like, pleasing yeah. people, mm -hmm. you know? Are you still... I mean, is being a people pleaser still something that, from your youth, that you still have? Or have you... Has that changed as you've gotten older? I don't know. I think it's changed. I think I'm less so people pleaser. Because it sounds like a, a lot of the times... And I don't want to put thoughts in your brain or words in put your mouth. Put them <laughs> But, you know, it's like a lot of the times the people pleasing has to do with like us being good or like being a rule follower or, you know, you're a good boy to like, you know, to make daddy happy or whomever. Sure. Right. But then once, because you're talking about like, hey, as a, it's like in the Bishop Rudick, I had these experiences or meeting with people and like loving people because you love them right. rather than because you feel like you have to love them. Sure. And I think kind of the people pleasing kind of goes away when you actually love people or when you're trying to do something good because you, it makes you feel good or you want to. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Like I think even in the last few years, it's something that's changed. Like if you heard the, the phrase, like nobody's as busy as a, as the mom with one child. Like once you have your first child, it's just like, like I remember all my sisters and we were the same way for sure. That we have one kid and they're like, hey, we should go do this. And we're like, well, it's gonna be nap time and then we've got to, we're gonna have to change diapers and <laughs> right, yeah. the house is gonna yeah. be a mess. And it's just like, you feel so overwhelmed and so busy. But then it's like, you go on, you realize you can accomplish more, like you can do more. Like the, the, the task itself hasn't changed, but your ability to do it has changed, right? Even more so as my kids get a little bit older, like I've, just the last few years even, like two or three years, I've been reflecting as like, dang, I'm like, like a full-on dad, 
Right. <laughs> like, I'm not just, like, having kids. Like, we're not just, like, having babies. But, like, no, no sometimes you get a, like, a, a real talk. Yeah. A real dad talk. Real and it's like, I, I would say in the last five years, I've had more self-reflection than the previous, however old we were, 30-plus years before that combined, right? Like, trying to improve myself, like, for sure as a father and a husband, number one. But then just, like, as a person, like... Um, I, I read a lot of books, um, self-improvement type things, and like, I don't know, just trying to be better, like just a better person. There's this guy that I, I really look up to. He's, a, he's kind of a neighbor friend, and I was just messing around with his uh, 14-year-old kid, you know, just teasing him and stuff. <clears throat> and I was like, so, what do you think of your dad's? Like, he okay? You know, thinking he'd give me some dirt that I could go tease his dad, and he's all, my dad's freaking awesome. And I was like, Dang. <laughs> I was like, why do you say that? And he's all, well, we're into different stuff. Like, I like video games more than he does. He likes sports more than I do. But, like, he just cares about what I care about. Like, if I if I want to play video games, he'll just come play video games with me. And he just, like, went on and on about, like, how awesome his dad is. And I was like, dang, I'm going to be that kind of dad. And now it's, like, three or four years later, I'm thinking, am I that kind of dad? You know, like with my kids, if somebody's like, so is your dad like a good dad? Would they be like, my dad's freaking awesome. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I just really want to be like more importantly than anything, like a really awesome dad to my kids and like a really awesome husband. And those are the things I focus on by far the most. If you get three out of five. Yeah. You know. yeah that's, <laughs> that's why if you have a lot of kids, you're just bound to succeed on a couple. It's one of them. Like Cole, my really two-year-old like son. You. Dang, I'm a freaking awesome dad. <laughs> Gabe, though, I've been cutting my teeth on him. And it's, it's just, no, he's it's working out. I think he'd say I'm pretty cool. Yeah. I think it's interesting hearing you talk about it because it seems like, if, especially if you moved a ton as yeah. a kid going from school to school to school and it's like, you had to learn how to make friends really fast. And I wonder how much of that has to do with like the people pleasing type thing. Like you yeah. come in and like, hey, I'm this, I'm this person that's just easy to get along with and I'm going yeah, to say things you want to hear and like we're going to become friends really fast. But then as an adult, like I just love hearing you say, it's like I want to care more about my kids and more about my wife and like I'm going to pick them over my friend or my coworker or these people that are doing these things and sometimes those can be awkward moments. Yeah. But like the priorities obviously like yeah you have an 11 year old right the priorities shift yeah. over time and now you have this business where you first started and it was like ooh and now it's really cool to see how things can transform and it gives you more free time to do the things you want to do and hearing you talk about the things that you like to do shows like that shows where your priority is you know yeah, for sure so you talked about Sorensons don't lie. Yeah, Hales don't lie. Yeah, Hales don't lie. Like Sorensons, <laughs> see the Sorensons like to be like Hales. <laughs> Sorensons are all Sorensons copying Hales, saying Hales don't lie. <laughs> no, but some of my kids, they'll look you right in the eye and just lie, like flat out. Okay, lie. so that's like I, I don't know if I was gonna say that for my like after podcast thoughts, but I'm like, we try to do that, just yeah. like to our kids, but like just just tell me, don't just don't lie, just don't lie, like uh, and you know, Bonnie and I try to be honest. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's like, yeah, sometimes, like, they're just lying, like, right to your face. I'm like, why are you doing that? Like, or sometimes just tell me the they're truth. shocked when they tell the truth. It's like, <laughs> Wesley threw a remote at his sister just, like, two days ago. Right in the head. She's freaking out. I was like, what the heck are you doing? Like, I threw the remote at her. I was like, go to your room. But I told the truth. Like, no. 
You can't throw the freaking remote. You said you wouldn't get mad if I tell the truth. Uh, well, I'm not mad. Thank you for telling the truth. That's really good. You still threw the remote. <laughs> Thank you for telling the truth. <laughs> that was the worst part. Was the fact that he still got in trouble after telling the truth. Never telling the truth again. I know. That's hard. That's weird. Because that's what I always tell him, right? You tell him that you mm-hmm. won't. I'll never be mad if you tell me the truth. But what you're really saying is. If there's something you need to tell me, I want you to be honest with me, and I'll try to side with you. I need to be able to trust you. Yeah, I never said I never get mad. Yeah, I never said I was lying. You put words in my mouth. Yeah, yeah. But I, but we do tell tell the truth. It's just, <laughs> but I don't know. So I was thinking like, good on you guys, but it's like, no, it's we hard. can't get our kids to that. It's hard, but like you just try to make sure that they know it's important to you. You know, yeah. eventually. What are your big lessons? What what else have you learned? So. I don't remember where I am. Okay, so here's here's the backstory. Okay, just to precurse this, like I'm either always listening to a book, like I, I binge stuff, so I'll listen to a book until it's just like done, or a bunch of books, or whatever. Right now, it's like this podcast. <laughs> like Drew told me about it. There's 70 plus episodes out there for, yeah. for people. But anyway, your question was, what have I learned? Oh, so what I was going to say is. And then yeah, so I was like, listening to the podcast of Ali, and there's this a quote that I really like is, mm. oh, if you walked a mile in anybody's shoes, you'd you love would them. love them. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's something that I've definitely learned. Like, that's, that's a lesson that I've learned. Uh, but yeah, that concept of just like, I just think all people are good, you know? I mean, I, I know there's outliers, but I think that uh, if you can just get to know people, you'll like them. Just give everybody a chance, you know? Give them the benefit of the doubt. Assume the best. And um, that's something I've learned for sure. Uh, I love it. Yeah, I, I don't really that. know what else. Have you found any passions? Is something that, like, new passions that you found that you didn't have when you were young? Yeah, this one's given me a lot of pause. Every time I hear that, I'm like, man, what would I tell them? Like, the thing that jumps in my head is I really love archery. But it's just like a hobby. I don't even know that it's a passion, but I just like, I really like it. So but do I you really have any hobbies that you like to <laughs> yeah, do? Yeah, so I love archery. <laughs> like, I shoot, I shoot a compound bow. Like a hunting style, like if you if you knew how much time I spent doing it and stuff, you'd think I'm like a hardcore bow hunter. You'd think that you but have I'm not. a passion for it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but I'm not a bow hunter. I just like shooting the hunting bow, that whole setup, shoot in my backyard, shoot long distances. My kids are way into it. My two-year-old son, I have a bow for him. Oh, He cool. loves it. It's just super fun. But I really liked what uh, Bryson Shreve said, that he said his passions are his family and his faith. I was like, that's well put. Because I think that that's pretty true for me for sure my family right like that's like my number one passion like yeah i don't like have other hobbies that don't include my kids like i've learned to make their hobbies my hobbies when they don't have stuff to do like saturday football just ended basketball hasn't quite started my daughter's in in volleyball and it's not going there's no yard work with the kids and stuff and it's like we have nothing to do i used to live for saturdays like that and now it's like what am i gonna do (laughs) Like, my kids don't have stuff to do, so I don't have anything to do. So we still just hung out. It was fine. But uh, my kids are my passion. I I love that. And then, so... Yeah. I mean, I'm, like, similar like that, that I want to do what they want to do if they're into something. It's like, I'll, like, I'll do it with you, or, you know, I'll bring them along with, hey, check out this thing I like. (laughs) And we'll, like, try Mm -hmm. to get them to go out and hit tennis balls and whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, just, like, I love that. And then, so has... um, faith become a more important part of your life as you've gotten older? I think it's always been. I don't know that it's become more important. I think it's the same as it's been always. It's always been a really central part for me. Yeah. 
No. I love it. Do you miss being in the bishopric? Sometimes, actually, yeah. So, like, the first week after, I think maybe even when we got released, like, that Sunday. So you win, like, the whole time? Like, from for five no, years? No, I was or? in for a little over three years. Yeah, they split us up halfway through. When they released us, somebody came up to me and was like, how are you doing? I was like, uh, really good. <laughs> are you kidding me? Like, so much more time and all that. And they're like, well, I just know that a lot of times when people get released from a, something like that, when they've been giving so much time, that it's like a, you have a little bit of relief, but then you have, like, a little bit of remorse or, like, you feel like you're not needed or whatever. And I don't know that it's gone to that. Like, like my, my mental health, I'm great, you know? But it's like, there is a little bit of... I felt like I could help a lot of people and it didn't take that much effort to go find those people for me. Like they just came to us. Right. And we could help tons of people and where now it's better. I think it's like more charitable and more like kind, but like seeking out people that need help, you know, like service is just a really important part of my life too. And like, I just want my kids to know to serve and we try to like, I, yeah, I had two nights a week I was doing stuff in the bishopric that now I have with me. So I, I do stuff with my kids, and I've made it a point to go once a week and help my mom at her house or just hang out with her because she's just kind of lonely, you know? And so it's been able to transition from one form of service to another, and it's been really good. Yeah, it's been really good. Cool. So. Do we, uh, yes. do we have any beef? Yes. <laughs> oh, we have you and me have beef? But all of us. All right. Sweet. <laughs> Wait, I want to hear any of your beef first, if you have any. So I'll just need to know how, how uh, honest to be. No, no I'll like, go first. I'll go first. You, okay, okay, okay. All right, go for it. One beef, probably junior year, we're at, uh, I think, Sway's house. And everybody was already there in the backyard. You know, it's kind of dark. I think there was like a campfire going or something. And uh, I don't remember the whole circumstance. But Gonzo came up to me, somehow got me to lift my shirt up like he was looking at something, <laughs> and then smacked me on the belly as hard as he can. <laughs> and he goes, pink belly. <laughs> Are you sure that was me? <laughs> and you never said sorry. You just laughed and ran away. <laughs> it doesn't sound like me. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, I should be sorry. But did that, like, sparkle your, your passion into fitness? Because now, no. like... I, I could slap your belly as hard as I could and it never go pink. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's like a whole nother. That could be a long thing about my that. That's not a passion form, but it's, it was like a whole pivot in my life. We'll go into that if you want, if we have time. <laughs> Beef with you. Yeah. Do you remember this? I don't know. It He's was, pointing at Steve right now. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't. It was senior son set. I guess maybe. It was one of the times we went camping up American Fork Canyon. And mine under his jeeps. It's not real beef. <laughs> it's like Steve like racking his brain. I'm thinking. But we were just like, this was like, so me and Drew had the jeeps that were cool. And it was like, yes, this is like the time when we can shine. Everyone knows we have these cool four-wheeling things. And we let everybody drive. And total fluke thing. We're coming back into town or into camp. Steve's driving and he parks. And when he puts it into park, didn't do anything. But the back window, the entire back window just plops out. <laughs> Like just fell out of the jeep and landed right on a rock, and I, oh. I was like, "Oh dang!" And it didn't break. Oh really? And we just there's like a scratch, like a dent, like a rock chip kind of thing, but no like crack. And we picked it up and put it back in, had it like duct taped in place. Oh, Do you remember that? I don't remember that. At all. I, it reminded me of something else where I'm pretty sure it was. Did 
Did you have like a Cherokee and he had a Wrangler? Yeah. I'm pretty sure, did Drew's Wrangler get just completely stuck in the mud? Like all four tires just yeah. completely stuck in the corner canyon? Yeah. I don't, I don't know why. I think you were with him. Yeah. And then we, he called me or we somehow. Like, we left it there. there. We, we yeah. had no way. So we like, we had to leave. And he got it out somehow. And we came back up with, like, jacks and towed it out with mine. But I think it was all my fault. I was just like, just keep going. Yeah, it was, yeah. Just keep just it was your tires. fault for sure. <laughs> He's like, the, the Jeep the whole, the, yeah, the whole bed was just sitting on the mud. Yeah. Like, all four tires just spinning. It's just like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, it's starting to slowly come back to me. That's the word of a... And then the Lundstrom <laughs> class project that I didn't know about, that's definite beef. I remember that now. I actually don't have any memory. <laughs> I'm seriously still trying to think like, I don't, yeah, I don't remember. I, I don't know how it worked. I don't know. I don't know if only I got credit or one of us did not get I just know I did not deserve any credit and I got some. And, I <laughs> and he did it as like a lesson to me. And yeah, here's a life lesson. <laughs> Sucks to be you. And Steve's like, like better yeah, friends. <laughs> I would have remembered it if it was me. That's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. No, I don't. I try to think. I don't have any beef, though. I remember we just had like it was just good times. Yeah, yeah well, we had time. We had good times. Time. Only fake beef. I do remember. I guess my beef is oh, like yeah. if. Josh came calling, Drew would just like yeah. ditch us and be yeah. like, oh, sorry, I got the Swansons need me. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. This is another thing I wanted to share. We said, who were you in high school? This would be epitomized me and Drew in high school. Like my most vivid memory of a Friday night was me and Drew were in my room, lights off, two computers set up, networks to each other, playing StarCraft. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden the door opens and we look and it's Sarah, Crystal, Teresa, uh, like Marianne, Christina, and they all just like barrel in, turn the lights on, and just like try to like get us to quit playing video games. So it's like two super nerdy teenage boys playing video games, and five beautiful girls trying to get us to come do stuff, and we're just like, <laughs> like no, oh, get out of here, leave us alone. <laughs> I was about to destroy his base. <laughs> So we did. That's when I stopped playing video games. Not that night, but we did like a way before internet games. You just bring all your computers together and network them together, mm -hmm. like a LAN party. We did that at the U one time. There was an overnighter. It was like we got there at 5 p.m. on a Friday and you left at noon the next day. And so, I mean, it was like 18 hours or something. I don't know That's what the math that is. And we didn't leave the computer. Like we didn't eat. We didn't do anything, and it's like 18 hours later, they open the doors, we look outside, and it's like bright outside the next day, and I was just like, oh dang, you could waste your whole life doing this. <laughs> like, real easy. I could waste my whole life. Not, I just have no self-control in those things, so I just kind of stopped playing. Is this the pivot to where you start working out all the time? No, so that was, I actually, this is a long story. Do you guys have time for a long story? Yeah. You, but like in, uh, I'd say 2000 three or so. I was just like normal healthy, like uh, just whatever, never worked out. Like I lifted weights in high school for weightlifting class one time and uh, like one semester. But I like, I mean, I remember playing tennis with you guys and we'd mountain bike and we'd do stuff. Anyway, I just kind of got like this weird pain in one of my elbows thinking it was like a tendonitis or something. And then it went to the el other elbow a little bit. It was like for a week or two. And then like both wrists and then like my shoulders, then like up in my neck. And I was like in, got to where I was like in a lot of pain. Oh, wow. And I'm kind of like a go to the doctor when you have to. 
go to the dentist every 10 years. <laughs> or more. <laughs> I've been twice since high school. But I've never had a cavity, and I don't want to break that streak. But now it's been like so a really long time. If you don't go time. to the dentist, you can't be told you have a cavity. <laughs> right. But like when I went nine years ago, I didn't have any. But now it's been nine years. So now I'm really nervous to go because I'm sure I've got one. It's just been a long you should time. stop by West Jordan Dental. Well, that was some of my beef, but Stephen, I already hashed it. I filled out the form. He never called me. It went to spam folder. <laughs> hey, this guy Josh ever messages you, don't respond. But like my joints, my hands, like all my joints started hurting a little bit. Kind of almost debilitating after a little bit. So I finally went to like, we just have this family doctor. Like, uh, like an old school family practice. Like he delivered all our kids. He delivered my wife when she was born. Oh wow. He's also like when we have a cold, we go to him. Like he's just awesome. Like he's an MD and all that, but just like an old school, you know? And I went in and he's like, oh, I got the thing for you. Just prescribe you a steroid, prednisone. He said, take it tomorrow. So for the next five days, tapering off, you'll be feeling better in the morning. I was like, no way. And he gave it to me, woke up the next morning. I was like, dang, it's everything's completely gone. It's like it healed me. And so felt great. Used it for like a week, tapered off. Felt great for like another week or so after that. And then it started coming back and like just as hard as it was. And it got into like most of my joints and I started getting like fevers and like night sweats and like I was feeling pretty sick. Hmm. So I went back to him after just a couple weeks and he said that it could be like a plethora of different diseases, whatever. You can, he said, I'm just going to refer you to like a, uh, it was a rheumatologist, but just a specialist that can figure out what it is, get your medication, no big deal. So made an appointment with a rheumatologist and it was like, I think it was like nine months out. Like was the soonest I could get oh, wow. this for a new patient. I called a whole bunch of them too. Looked outside insurance, inside insurance, and it was like a long time out. So I progressively got like a lot worse. Like over this period of time, I lost like, I got down to like the lowest, I think I got to 155 pounds was just like, like if you saw me, like my face is sunken in, like I'm super pale. Every single night I would sweat through my sheets and my pillowcase and all my clothes. Yeah, because you're not like a small night. guy. Yeah. Like 155 on yeah, no, it was, it was not the same as 155. Right, yeah. yeah. I got like way sick. Finally got into this rheumatologist and he's like, oh yeah, no problem, we'll take some blood tests. It'll tell us exactly what it is. He put me on prednisone. I was like, sweet, yeah, back on prednisone. And uh, took the, that pill and the next day felt great. They called me like the next morning and said, we got your blood test back. It was like his nurse. And she's like, hey, yeah, this is a, I don't remember his name, but from Dr. So-and-so's office, we got your test back. There were some ab abnormalities with your blood tests. So we actually gonna refer you to Dr. Chandra Milley at this number. You should call him and set up an appointment. So I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, thanks. And I'm at work and I call him right then. And I call the number and they answer the phone. Utah Cancer Specialist, this is, so-and-so, and I was like, uh, yeah, I was supposed to set an appointment with Dr. Chandra Milley, and I'm like Googling him now, like, what is this guy? And he was like, uh, leukemia, lymphoma, blood cancer, blood cancer, bone cancer, you know? And so they said, oh yeah, we're good. We'll set you an appointment for, we're out two weeks or something. I was like, well, it's better than the nine, nine months, months waiting. right? And so then I called my wife and I was like, so they referred me to somebody else. And like, like I was super nervous at this point because I was really sick. Like I don't go to the doctor like it. If I have a cold, like I'm just going to get through it, you know, and fight it off. I try to just eat healthy and, you know, whatever. But I was like really sick, like really, really. It was debilitating. Well, that lady called me back like two hours later and she's like, hey, we actually just 
talk to your other doctor. We can get you in tomorrow afternoon. Oh, and I was dang. like, holy crap. <laughs> so it was like nerve wracking. It was April 1st, April uh-huh. Fool's Day. It was like of all days. So we went in and we met with the doctor. And he came out and he's like, hey, um, we have your blood test from your rheumatologist. And it looks like you have what they call a chronic myelogenous leukemia. And so the treatment for that is just chemo and then like a, a drug you take the rest of your life. People can live long lives with it and it's no big deal. So, but we need to do a bone marrow biopsy basically to see how like far along it is, how aggressive we need to be with chemo right now. We can do the biopsy like right now, or you can do it like we can schedule it to the hospital. And I was like, what is it you do? Yeah. Oh yeah. We do like every day, multiple, no big deal. It's like, okay, does it hurt? No, no, we'll do lo- local anesthesia. Oh, doesn't it hurt like a lot? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so they so I get on the table, they pull down my pants, like halfway down my butt and it's like in my right hip and they do some local, so you don't feel it, but it's like a, a whole saw T handle, like, yeah, like they get in there and the, the guy that was doing it was probably 210 pounds. And he's like on me with all his body weight twisting and just like drilling into my bone and pulling out and it's just like, it hurts so freaking bad. So then they took the bone marrow biopsy. It's April Fool's Day of all days, like I said. We leave the hospital up at IMC. I remember we went to Chick-fil-A and it's just me and my wife and we're just like, what do we do? Like, okay, it seems like if you're gonna get cancer, this is the kind to get. So this is good, cool. Should we call and talk to our parents? We wanna know a treatment plan? Like, what should we do here? So we decided not to call anybody yet. Let's just kind of get a handle on what it is. Uh, long story short, they called me the next day and said, got your blood, your bone marrow biopsy back. You do not have leukemia. Oh, wow. So we're going to refer you back to the rheumatologist. And I was like, okay. So then I go back to the rheumatologist like a couple weeks later. I'm on prednisone this whole time now, so I felt okay at least. But he's just like, oh, it could be this. It could be this. It could be that. Blah blah. blah. Like they just have no idea, right? They just basically said I had an autoimmune there's like a whole bunch of diseases they said it could have been, but they called it uh, Stills disease. It's adult onset juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. Mm-hmm. And uh, which rheumatoid arthritis, like in, in where I was at with that and the research I've done, I think I'd rather have leukemia than rheumatoid arthritis. But they just treated me with this stuff. I took these chemo injections once a week and then another one. Actually, I think it's the drug that... Uh, Phil Mickelson promotes for his, whatever he has, psoriasis or something like that. It's like the same drug. So it's two shots once a week. I did it for a long time. Then around Christmas time, 2015, I would say, I missed a shot. And then I was just like, ah, that felt good not having to give myself a shot. And then uh, I missed another shot on purpose. Then I was like, what's the worst that happens? Like I go back on prednisone for a little bit and I go back on these shots. It was like shots for life. Like they're just going to give me these shots, two shots a week for life. And it just never came back. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was Stills disease and maybe I'll have a flare up at some point. I don't know. But I was like really sick. Like it was to the point I was like in bed. I remember one Sunday, like I went to church and I was in a suit that was kind of big anyway. And then it was just like, it was just like I was in my dad's like parachute like it just was massive Hmm. and I remember sitting down and I couldn't even make it all the way through sacrament meeting like it was just like I was so sick and I walked home I was the elders or the young men's president at the time and I'd been obviously not fulfilling that calling very well for a while but I remember texting the bishop and just like I just I, I wanted to die like I wasn't depressed I wasn't like I felt 
stable. I was just in so much pain and so uncomfortable and such a burden on like my wife. Like I still was going to work, but like it would be the middle of the summer and I'd have the heat on full blast because I'm shivering the whole way home. And then I'm like sweating bullets and have the AC on. And then it was just like a nightmare. But, uh, I remember I texted the Bishop and just said like, uh, basically sorry that I left and, or maybe he texted me. But they ended up having, like, the young men all fasted for me that week on, on Tuesday, which I guess if I, if I looked at the calendar, that would have been April 1st, because I think it was the day I had my biopsy. And they all fasted for me that day, went to young men's that night. I've been on the drugs now for a little bit, I guess. Yeah, a couple weeks. I don't know, the timing seems all... It was a long time ago, but anyway. And it just kind of went away. And like, What year was this? I think it started in 13. Yeah, like I already had a couple kids. Yeah, and it, ha- it was going on for like over a year before they, I oh, finally wow. got treated a little bit. Because it just got, it was so like gradual. Like it was a little bit of like, you know, like when you get some yeah, tennis elbow some, or some tendonitis yes. or something. It's like, oh man, it's a little sore. Then moving it, and then it was like more in the joint and anyway. But I guess the whole point of that is like once I got to where I could move and like not discomfort, like in, you know, somewhat without feeling tons of pain. I just was like, man, I just gotta like make my body as strong as it can be. And it's not like, I know you guys are joking. It's not like I'm like a bodybuilder or something, but like I, I went to the gym. So when I met you, I'd, I'd been going for probably a couple of years at that point with my, my business partner, Carl. And I remember the first day we went that we were doing chest. I went back, I was like, okay, well in high school I was benching a plate on each side, 135. I can do that. Let's just, I, I, I could do that a bunch of reps then. I'm way stronger now. And he's like, okay, and he lifts it off and he's just like, and just like pushed as hard as he could, totally pinned me. So then we did a 35, went down to a 25. So I'm not even doing 100 pounds. And he helped me with 95 pounds. And I did one rep. And I was just like, dang. And then when I started getting into like a powerlifting type lifts, like, press and squat and and deadlift especially in those Mm -hmm. i just like feel so much better like i never wake up with back pain yeah like i i just i don't know my like my body just feels healthy i'm just gonna take as good a care of it as i can (laughs) like well it's good if i have a flare-up again maybe maybe like exercising and eating okay and all that like i'm not like a health nut by any means like but they say for arthritis like the best thing to do is to move your joints yeah so I do it. So that's what made me pivot there. And it's just like, it, it just made a huge difference in a lot. Like it, it fixed my posture. It fixed like aches and pains I had. I have way more energy with my kids and I can do cool stuff. Like I didn't know just the other day, we were like out in the shop at my work and uh, my friend's like, you think you could box jump that? And I was like, I've never box jumped. I wouldn't even try it. And it was like, maybe this table. And I was like, well, we'll try something like this chair. And so I jumped like as hard as I could. And I cleared the chair by like a lot. I was like, oh yeah, maybe I could do that table. <laughs> and then we kept doing it. Before I knew it, I could box jump like 50 inches, which is really wow. high. And so now it's like a cool party trick. And my friend, my son's friends think I'm super cool. Like I'll show them, hey, watch this. And I'll just jump up onto some like high counter or something. I'm like, dang. <laughs> it's just like, I just, I just feel like my body works the way it should work, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just been... But I don't know that I'm passionate about it. I know you're going to no, say, no, why I, did you say that passion? <clears throat> it's, it's important to me to try to be healthy and to like set a good example for my kids. Like my son Gabe, who's 11, came into me like a week ago 
it's like it's partly because it's bedtime, you know, and he's it's like his fifth time in to say good night, and he just likes chatting with us at night. But he's all, "Hey, Dad," so I was thinking we should do like a, a health challenge. I was like, "Okay." He's all, "You're in?" I was like, "Yeah, let's do it." He's all, "Okay, I'm thinking we should do 100 push-ups a day." I said, "Okay, yeah, let's do it." He's all, "Okay, so we're doing it." I was like, "Yeah, let's do it." And he's like, "What's the prize?" I was like, "I don't know. We'll figure it out." I was like, "Maybe punishment. Maybe we do like." The first one to not do it, the other one gets to pick their clothes for school or work or something. <laughs> He's like, I don't know about that. But now we're like a weekend and my 11-year-old son is doing 100 push-ups a day. Hmm. And it's like, awesome. And I just want to like, I hope my kids will look for an 11-year-old yeah, way tough, yeah. way tough. Because like I can get down and I can do a whole bunch. Like him, when he's starting fresh, he does like 10 push-ups and he's like winded. So he's doing that like 10 times yeah. a day. That's awesome. So and you're busting him out at 100 at a time. Yeah, 100 at a time. <laughs> and I think my most <laughs> without stopping is like 70. Which might... Let's see you do some right now. <laughs> I, can do, I can do 100 right wow, now. Wow, that's amazing. With the peer pressure. That was just 10. <laughs> I can't believe 20? it. 20? Oh my gosh, he's still going. He's like, I'm breathing. I'm still laughing. <laughs> <laughs> One-handed. <laughs> So are you still squatting like 315? I, I made it like a goal back when, when I was trying to build strength. I got to a point where I was like, okay, I just want to like, at that point I said forever. I want to always be able to squat or to bench two plates, squat three, deadlift four. And I don't know if that'll last forever, obviously, but I still can do that. And so I've, n- I've never pushed it beyond that too far. Three plates is three 15, yeah. Bench 225, squat 405, or deadlift 405. And I, my maxes are more than that, but I don't I do not do that. I don't get hurt. Like, it, that would defeat the whole purpose. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm trying to have a strong body. And, not, and I think yet. it's, you guys know, we're getting older now that it's like weird but, stuff injures you. But the thing, too, is I think if you, if you keep yourself somewhat healthy, it also, like, keeps you young. I yeah. feel like I'm a, I'm, I'm a believer. I think and a bald like, head makes you look like 10 years older, so I need anything I can get. <laughs> My daughter keeps telling me that. She's all, Dad, please just shave your beard and grow your hair. You look so much better with hair. And she's never known me with hair. She's only seen like wedding pictures. <laughs> it's like, I'm not I, doing I this on purpose. I would love to. I'm just like, If I grew it, there'd be a little on the sides, but the top is like shiny. She's like, no, I can tell. There's... Like, I know, there's a few hairs on top, you're right. There's a, there is this episode of Seinfeld, I'll have you watch, explains everything. <laughs> Plus, I think as far as bald guys go, my head's shaped pretty good. You, have a good, yeah. you have a good yeah. shaped head. So, yeah, you just embrace head, it. Like some awesome veins, yeah. perfect placement. I saw, it was my sister, my younger sister's wedding. She got married in Southern California. And I don't know, like all the pictures, the sun was like, slightly behind us <laughs> and all the pictures came and I was like oh my gosh I look freaking bald and I wasn't like I had like long hair and I mean not long but long for me like you know I was doing my hair and anyway was it that at that odd, point odd, I was like I'm not gonna be that guy that's like that's just hanging that's on hanging on to the last like, I'm gonna be bald I'm shaving it no I, mean, I probably was a little premature on it but it's been like years everybody says it's your your mom's dad or something. My mom's side of the family, there's no balls. That's, that's total BS because then all your brothers would have the same... Your brothers would always have the same hair. My brother's like bald and I yeah. still have it. And it's My like, dad was bald. All his brothers are bald. So it either came from my dad or it came from my mom's side. Some like recessive trait, you know. Yeah. Or 
It's from all those times I bleached my hair in high school. <laughs> no, that's true, too. <laughs> but I think there's so many other factors besides yeah. genetics. It could be, like, you know, like, sleep or, yeah, yeah. stress. Or the product that I use. Maybe yeah. it's too aggressive. The pomade, you know? Or, yeah, like, they say hot showers, like hot water all on top. That, but that would increase blood flow. I don't know. I've I heard cold water is better for Cold showers are so awesome. <laughs> Have you guys tried that? Oh, man. The bike on a hot yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like when you've been working in the yard. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything you want to promote? Kindness. Just everybody should be kind. That's Honestly, that's one thing I've loved about, like, listening to you guys and on this podcast and all the people that, you know, that I have lost touch with. There's just, like, so many genuinely really good people and I like hearing you guys like in your your friendship with each other like what I was just listening to was the the year end where you're talking about the different things that you guys have gone through and it's just like it just doesn't matter like you're just still best friends you just love each other you know and Gonzo and Steve are just staring at each other's eyes right so now much. <laughs> holding hands yeah. <laughs> no I think that's all I would want to promote I'm I was trying to think of anybody else I could try to help with something but no, I buy that. more of those sausages. Those still going on? Yeah, Jerome's yeah. Sausages. I haven't, I haven't bought Jerome's in a while. I've been trying to slow down on my sausage intake, but um, but I need to. It's I need time to restart for a, a new yeah. sausage party. <laughs> yeah. So I was in the girl club F C C L A, and she convinced me. And I was an officer, and I think Sarah was an officer. There's a few of us, and we did like this. It was called parliamentary procedures, which is like the way the Senate would do, like, their procedures, you know, like, I'd like to raise a motion. I second them, you know, all that stuff. Right. And we learned the parliamentary procedures, and then we won state. Oh, wow. And then we were supposed to go to nationals in Chicago, but the way it worked out, we all just had other stuff, so we didn't end up doing it and whatever, but it's kind of a weird thing. I was like, oh, yeah, parliamentary procedures. But, yeah, Jen was awesome. I'd like to hear from her. Chelsea Goss. I haven't, yeah, I think it would be yeah. really awesome to hear from her. I had a few other people, but... Those ones come to mind. Well, well, hopefully we'll reach out to them. Hopefully they got they hear it. Yeah, um, we talk about you in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> there you go, Josh. Thank you so much for coming over. Yeah, it's so good to see you. It's it's been too long. It has been, especially with how close I am. Yeah, six yeah, miles away. That's what Google Maps said. So that's pretty close. Yeah, we have to. We'll have to get together. You can get my house even faster. Yeah. Yeah. True. And I've been thinking about it, Gonzo. I'll take you up on your offer of karaoke. I'll, I'll go outside my comfort zone. Wow. Not on the podcast. Yes, yes, but like in front there. of you, I'll do it. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I want to do a karaoke night soon. So we've been talking about this. I told him I'm just like that, just the level where it's like, I'm good enough that it's not like you don't feel bad for me, but not good enough that it sounds good. So it's like not funny, but like you're just kind of like, oh, it's just uncomfortable. It's perfect. Sometimes you just need to find the song for you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like a falsetto one. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> guy doesn't sound very good. I'm game. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Yeah, thanks yeah. a lot. Yeah, you guys are awesome. <laughs> hey, Steve. We just got done talking to Josh. What are your thoughts? I loved it. I loved it. It was awesome. It was great catching up with him. We, we talked for a bunch before we started. Talked for a bunch after we were done. Or during. You know, <laughs> one of those. <laughs> Um, it was great though. It's just like it's the same old Josh, like just good guy. I, I just loved talking to him. I I did a lot of listening and just I loved hearing what he had to say. There was a bunch of things while he was talking. I was like, ah, oh, 
I'm going to talk about this later, but I was doing some good active listening, so I forgot all the things I wanted to say. <laughs> I loved, I loved <clears throat> what he mentioned about kindness. Just being kind, being a kind person, if it, either if it's service or with your daily interactions. I, that's something that I have also tried to make like a like an effort to be kind to like people at work um just to stop by their desk and just say like something nice like or whatever ask them about their weekend or whatever but just should be be kind i think that it doesn't take a lot of effort but i think it goes a long way and i I really love that that he shared that i think people that reminds me so when he talked about how he would have like when he was interviewing people talking like asking like how are you and i think people can tell when you're saying like, Hey, how are you? Like a hello, or how are you? Or like, like, how are you so doing? How like, are yeah. you? And, um, and I think it's cool that he was able to share experiences, like people actually opening up. And I think that that's one of the things we've learned on this podcast is like, just ask like one more question. Tell me about that. And I think just showing interest, showing that kindness, like you're talking about, people can feel if it's genuine or if it's just coming from an, another place. Right. You know? And I think that the world needs more of that. And I think that we talked about how we started this in the beginning, like through the pandemic, we were just, we want connection. We want connection. We want to be able to talk with people and feel closer to people. And, and I think that his message of like being kind, trying, he talked, he didn't talk about it as a passion necessarily, but it's like being very service oriented, like serving other people. And now he's not the bishop. Now he's spending more time with his mom going over, showing his kids that example. And I think that little things like that make a huge impact in the long run. And people feel it. I think that you and I have talked a lot about like quality time versus quantity time. Yeah. And I, I tell people all the time, quantity time. Like, I don't want to have like 10 really awesome minutes with my kids. I would rather have like Be- two hours of yeah, crappy like okay time with them. or be bored you know? with them or yeah. like work with but them. I'm all about quantity them. time. Yeah, and you know try to make it quality, sure. But I think the whole idea is like spending time with people and showing the people that you care about that you care about them rather than just using words. Sometimes. Yeah, I love that, and I love that. With Josh was saying like I make we make the point of always having a date night with my wife. I love that a lot, and it's like. That was one of our our year end resolutions. I don't know. I haven't done it like perfect, but the rest of the year, get ready, baby. We're gonna be going on dates. <laughs> Seven more solid weeks of twenty twenty two. But we've been doing a few. It's just like no one, no one wants to babysit. Watch my kids. <laughs> I need to get Josh's daughter, that's all the same age as my daughter, to come watch our my kids. <laughs> It was great hearing from him, though, and just having him share, and I I loved it. I loved it. If you'd like to be on the podcast, send us an email, jordanhigh2004podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from anyone, Chelsea Goss, Jennifer Baggett, all the the ladies. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs)